especially as as believers in Christ. Yeah. Hey guys, we're actually going to jump into a little bit of um I would I wouldn't necessarily call it a rabbit trail, but I would call it something that I just want to something that I just want to pick Jake's brain about. That's what we're calling this session. Something I want to pick Jake's brain about. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I got lots of thoughts about lots of things. So, um coronavirus will probably lead us down all kinds of Interesting places. Yeah. Okay. And I think we're at this point in our podcast, Jake, where I can start saying, if you guys are liking the podcast um, and you want to hear more, you want to hear um, different things from Jake or want to hear what Jake has to say about about faith, a certain life circumstance, um, something going on in the world and the government and schools, or, you know, mental illness, sports, whatever you guys um, uh, want to hear about, um, or even have guests on about, um, we would first of all love for you to leave a five-star rating in uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. It, it actually really does help us with the progression of the podcast, and we would really appreciate that. And then also um, get a hold of Jake. At, what's your, what, what is your... Um, Oh, no. What is your handle on you're gonna, Instagram? You're going to ask me my Instagram handle. I'm going to ask you your Instagram handle. We will coming, get social media up for this podcast. It's Jake1.29. And it's really X29. All lowercase. There's no, yeah, so it's just Jake1.29. Jake there we 1. go. 2. I think I did it off the axe. Send don't him a DM. Why I have one point two nine? I don't know either. It probably meant something in the moment at me. Yeah, send me. send him a message. Um, I, I would say send me a message, but like my Instagram handle is super confusing. I think it's, it's not, Gup. It's with not Axe twenty nine one because Axe doesn't have twenty nine chapters. So. One twenty nine. One twenty nine. I don't know why I picked one twenty nine. Is it Jeremiah? No, I don't think so. No, it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Sometime God Whatever might remind it is. me. Well, Jake, okay. 1.29. Whatever, Jake. I won't screw it up again. I promise. Please don't. Hey, we're new Please to this whole podcast <laughs> thing. We're just going to keep figuring it out week by week, having some fun with it, uh, sharing whatever the Lord happens to put on our hearts. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Jake, it kind of seems like the world is falling apart right now. Why is that? Let's just... <laughs> Something let's just... called this COVID-19 coronavirus... I was so confused because I thought they were two different things. Like, when I saw that coming out, I was like, what is COVID-19? I think oh, you say COVID-19. Danny Freed, if you listen to the Same Team podcast, he always refers to it as COVID-19. It's like, just sounds cooler. But it sounds like so much... Uh, does coronavirus or COVID-19 sound so much more dangerous? COVID-19, without question. It just sounds like... It sounds like uh, y'all need to get underneath your desks... <laughs> And, like, hide yourselves from the imminent destruction that is, like, nuclear warfare or something like that. 
that's what that's what I think about when I think of COVID nineteen. Yeah, it 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 does. I I don't know why they've used two, but everybody's going to the COVID nineteen thing. I'm I'm sticking to the coronavirus. I always laugh when I think about like when was it like the nineteen fifties sixties around that time when during the Cold War when they yeah. were like practicing hiding underneath their desks and like they would do. You know, all these little things to prepare themselves for imminent nuclear destruction. I promise you, getting underneath your desk, covering yourself with, I don't know, a face mask is not going to keep you (sighs) from getting sick if you are exposed directly. No, I, I think everybody's always, and you see it again right now in our culture, everybody's trying to figure out a way to self-protect. And I think it's our natural human instinct to, to protect ourselves, to, to run from danger. And, and I, I just think God calls us to a, a whole different response in the midst of it. Right, right. And I mean, you see like, okay, so one of the ministries that I, um, that I volunteer for is... Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to you know, call me out if I'm not allowed to say this online, but it's called InterCP International. Mm-hmm. And um, basically what, what they do is they um, train up missionaries and people in God's heart for the nations and for all of his peoples returning back to him. And um, then they send missionaries to the t- to various countries in the 1040 window. And for those of you who don't know what the 1040 window is, it's essentially the longitude and latitude um coordinates on in like the Middle East and the parts of the world where the gospel has not been preached, where like they have no, these people have no access to the gospel. Most of these countries are, are, um, are 100% Muslim or like 99.98% Muslim. And then there's like maybe some atheists and like a very few amount of Christians, but these Christians aren't like being discipled. So it's, you know, it makes things really difficult. Um, but like so we have this thing called vision school and we're we just started our spring term for vision school and like we've got a lot of people um on the inner cp staff end um in korea but then also here on our in our minneapolis branch of vision school that are like super afraid to meet but one of the biggest parts jake and you can attest to this one of the biggest parts and most important parts about growing in our faith and like having genuine community and the reason why people really get the heart for the nations is partially and i would say a big part due to being able to meet together as a people and share in the heart and share in worship and pray together pray for one another hear each other's hearts hear each other's stories all that kind of stuff like i mean wouldn't you think so, Jake? Yeah, and it's a, uh, it's, in, it's there's an interesting tension right now with scripture, and and, and the coronavirus, and and isolation, and and um, uh, distancing oneself, and social distancing, and all of that going on. Because you know Hebrews, ten twenty five reads, um, and not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And in verse 24, prior to says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And it's, it, it's so interesting, such an interesting tension, which how do you, as a Christian, right, stand for um, social distancing and, 
and isolation and closing down of everything. And yet the Bible says, do not give up in meeting together. And this is obviously talking about a church in a time that was facing persecution, not necessarily virus. But I still think it's a challenging thought for Christians to think about the, the core of our Christian faith is that ability to gather together under the banner of Christ to encourage each other yeah. to continue to do good works. And now yeah. all of a sudden that's being taken from us and being moved on to social right. social platforms. And we don't want to, Jake, um, I think we both are in agreement in this, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't want to just like kind of add to the craziness, right? Like everybody is talking about coronavirus. I was just hanging out with my girlfriend the other day and before we met up and, and just, you know, got together to like hang out and watch a movie or whatever we were doing that day, she was, she texted me and said, hey, like whatever we do, I just don't want to talk about the coronavirus. That's literally all that anyone is talking about. And I just want to, can we just like sit and, and like not do that? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And here I am, you know, with, with you, Jake, having a bonus podcast episode talking about the coronavirus. But our, our purpose here is not to add to the madness. But what we're trying, like, what we're trying to do here is help people see this from a different light. Yeah, I, I think we want to, one of my goals with it is to create tension in the midst of the madness, right? That I think as, as Christians, we need to wrestle with the realities of what's happening in our world. What is our social responsibility? And then what does God's word call us to? And I think there's a tension in all of that. Because here, the reality, and I'm in a Facebook post on my Facebook that had like 290 shares and, mm-hmm. and, 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 went all over the place. And, Jake's and got some clout, guys. I'm getting some clout on Facebook. But, but my whole my whole opinion was, in a first world context, we're not used to living like this. No. This is a normal day in a third world context. <clears throat> and from, you know, talking about uh, a million people die a year of malaria, three to four people, uh, three or four million people a year die of um, no access to clean water, 800,000 new HIV and AIDS cases last year in Africa. Wow. So, so you have disease and pestilence all around people in a third world context. You know, Ebola a few years ago. Now it's hit a first world context and and it's creating absolute chaos, panic, store shelves are empty. I can't find any ground beef. I've been looking for ground beef for just for dinner for the last three days. I literally can't find any in Eden Prairie. Oh and gosh. you just see the panic and the chaos it's creating. And I think it's actually... We should see it as an opportunity for the gospel to go there's forward. A, there's a couple sides to this, Jake, and I think a lot of people would get get really um, uptight about this. and And my heart is kind of kind of split. You know what I'm saying? Because I think as important as it is for us to work together as a, a community and like do our part to help keep each other safe, us as believers, the Word of God says different. And the word of God also says that we are going to be looked upon as crazy. Like yeah. we're going to be looked upon as insane. And people are going to think like, oh, you guys are like are, are crazy people. Like you guys are doing exactly what you're told not to do. Um, but but also the word talks about and when Jesus said to um, the Pharisees and the Gentiles in front of his disciples, when the children came to him, he said, unless um, – unless you have faith like these children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And when we think about children, they will just go and do stuff because they don't know the dangers of just doing yeah. stuff yeah. Amen. because they're children. 
But Jesus says to have faith like these children and to not worry and to just be like these children or we will not enter, we will not be with him in heaven. Yeah, it is. It, it, is, it, is, a, it is an incredible tension that is being created right now between social responsibility, which I fully get, and God's word. And, and the reality of the Christian faith is rarely does it make sense in the eyes of the world. And so if all of a sudden we're as Christians responding as the rest of the world is responding, I'm not sure that's the right response. Christians should be responding in light of the gospel, right? In light of the idea that it is actually whether I'm here on this side of eternity where I've got lots of work to do for the Lord, but it's better if I shall die, as Paul said. Mm -hmm. We should be living differently even in the midst of this chaos. And what I see is everybody's kind of running to the fringes in panic. And how can we as Christians be a light for the gospel and at the same time, though, have a sense of social responsibility with this particular virus? Right. And the the word says that we are to be set apart, right? Like we are are called to be different than everyone else. And, And, you know, this is kind of where there's like a little bit of a little bit of tension and stuff like that because um i mean okay let me t- let me turn this to a different light so so we have we have the cdc that is saying you know if you can work from home work from home right a lot of people can't do that we're talking about okay so um minnesota um uh, governor walls urged minnesota to to first of all stop congregating in large numbers we know that the cdc has also has also suggested that um and he says we are still seeing people congregate in large numbers now is the time to break this chain um this this is what um he addressed as and and he means that he, he sorry yesterday actually we learned that governor walls in Minnesota is shutting down all sit-in restaurants mm-hmm. for the time being. Now, I'm not exactly sure how long that is. I think it was what until the 27th. Yeah. Is that till the 27th? Yeah, it'll probably get extended. <clears throat> it it probably will get extended. Now, I don't want to say for sure because for me, I get really frustrated when I think of these things because, <sighs> like, I'm just gonna be open and honest. Like, okay, like 21 people, then 35 people in Minnesota like had the case. 35 mm-hmm. out of how many people are living in in Minnesota? Like millions. Yeah. You know? And and I'm like, I'm like, ah, 35 people? They're all quarantined. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's the people who have they they've already been in contact with and could have already spread it to. And I guess that makes sense, you know, but it still gets me so frustrated when I'm like, we are reacting so like insane, I feel. It it, it feels like that. And and the bigger concern, right, is is putting in these precautions and you, and you get it from a social responsibility standpoint and mm. not allowing the virus to spread over a period of time and what could it create and, and overwhelming our healthcare units, right? Like we get that and we want to have a compassion and a grace for our healthcare workers and not, you know, not overwhelming the system at hospitals and beds and all the things right. that we see happening in Italy right now. My fear though, as a Christ follower and, and even a pastor is the enemy's greatest tactic is to get his people into isolation. Mm, yep. And if he can isolate you, right, all kinds of things can go on. Irrational thoughts, irrational fears, um, you know, and, and you get that some people have their family context around them. But I think the enemy works in isolation. God works in community. 
So how how do you fight that tension of right again social responsibility and and the call to isolation? But God's word never asks us to remove ourselves from community. So how do yeah. we sustain community? in the midst of respecting leadership, government, the authorities that are over us, I, th- I think there's a, there's a, a war in t- internally going on or should be going on with Christians of how do I reconcile the two? Because God mm. calls us to community, and it is in that place that we grow. And we know, right, my psych- psycholo- psychology background and the mental health, mm. there is nothing more damaging in the mental health community than social isolation. Right. And, and that's where a lot of people that struggle with mental health, they go to a social isolation place and in, in care and help, you try to remove them from that place and put them mm. in the community. Right. The, the damaging effects this could have on a society that is already very vulnerable with mental health mm. could, in my mind, actually have greater long-term consequences than the coronavirus. Yeah, I think that's very true. I mean, because we see um, working from home, so many people can't work from home. Um, especially with the with the news that was gone out about about restaurants closing down, there are so many people where their main source of income is working full time or more in food service, whether that's a really high end restaurant or just you know a regular you know like classic burger joint or something like that. Yeah. You can't work from home, so this means that for however long this goes, these people are out of work. And then we've got, um, you know, infrastructure, so social gatherings, and for those who need to be in community, especially, I don't want to say especially Christians, but especially Christians who are called to be in community, who are called to uphold one another. Well, and I think this is what, what is allowing our government and the world to make these decisions is the belief that we are so connected online mm. that we don't need to congregate together. And I think it's a lie from the enemy. I think it's a time in our world where it's easy mm. to close your doors. Right. Right. Like e- even, even as the American church, like it's easy for us in a first world context to say, we're shutting down the doors. We're moving everything online. We'll see you 6,000 people online, even though we don't actually see. You. Right. It's not relational. No, it's not. It's not relational. And it's a, it's a, it's almost easy, so it's easy to close down things. We've never seen anything like this in the in, in really since modern time, where things have been shut down in this way. There's been plagues, there's been viruses, there's been war, there's been, you know, we walked through nine eleven where things got shut down for a period of time. Right. But I don't think we're accurately thinking about the secondary consequences this is going to have. Yeah, it may contain the virus, it may protect our healthcare system mm-hmm. for a period of time. But what is the long-term repercussions of social isolation, social distancing, shutting all this down, economic, job loss, mental health? Mm. Um, There are going to be longer-term effects from this that may, in my opinion, be greater than the virus. And then how do do we respond as Christian community? And so, I mean, like, for us, for a ministry that we we work for, that we lead um, and disciple students through— we are putting together this YouTube channel, this YouTube series where we're putting up content, we're putting up messages, de- devotionals, um, worship songs to listen to while you're doing devotionals, all this kind of stuff. Um, but in the midst of all that, sure, you have the content, but I will, 
I'm going to say right now to you guys who are listening, who are part of the next senior high ministry of Grace Church in Minnesota, or even if you're not, I implore you to still meet with one another. Please do. In in a a way that is respectful, right? Because we we walk this line where, like, for us working here at Grace Church, like, we sit under the authority of the elders and the senior pastor and the executive pastor and the layers of leadership that are over us. And we need to walk in respect to, to how the Lord is leading them to lead this church, one. Then, two, we sit under the government, right, the authorities that have been placed over us, ultimately by the mm. Lord. He's in charge of all authority that is set over us. Yeah. President Trump, right, at the hand of the Lord, he is he is there no matter if Biden gets elected. That's right. Like God puts the authorities in place, whether we like them or not. I just think we have to then say, how can we come together as a people in a time such as this, respecting the authority and leadership over us, but at the same time not stopping to meet together so if that's one-on-one if that's i'm going to pick you up a coffee through the drive-thru if it's him it's going to stop by your house if it even if it's facetiming right you know that was another thing i was really thinking like even the facetime i'm seeing somebody i'm interacting with somebody Mm. other than outside of my home i'm not just watching a video online but the app the actual intention to interact and I think we have to really think about how are we going to strategically do that right. over an eight to ten week period of time. It's new to everybody, right. and everybody's like, "Hey, I get to sleep in. I don't got to go to school. This is kind of fun." Well, this right. will be fun for about a week or two, right? And then you're going to be like, all those secondary consequences or effects right. are going to be be real to people. And I mean, everybody's spring break is coming up, right? So yeah. many people have been going out or were planning on going on spring break. I mean, you pro if you're planning on going on a spring break trip. And then especially if you're planning on flying, that's probably not going to happen anymore, realistically. So this has now turned into a, all right, I'm stuck at home for the next two weeks, but if it gets extended, what am I doing now? I think that's a really good point, Jake, that you brought up with respecting authority and um, making sure that we aren't um, just completely setting that aside because the Lord does put things in motion according to his perfect will and his perfect plan. So um, thank you for, well, correcting me on that because that is an important thing to, to remember and to know. Um, I I think there's wisdom in it. And exercising wisdom. It is biblical. Yeah, there's wisdom. There's, there's a, a biblical basis to it. But I think at the same time as Christians, we can be creative to respect the authority and at the same time figure out how do we come together, how do we meet together in, in, in a place that's respectful but yet Christ-glorifying. Right. I don't think just coming online and interacting online is it. Right. I think it's dangerous. I think right. it's incredibly dangerous mm. for the long-term mental health of our country, of our people. And then when does it stop? That's the other thing that I've been asking you know, a lot of people just out loud is, when does this stop? So we get through mm. the coronavirus over the next eight to ten weeks. Right. And in a year and a half, some virus breaks out in North Africa. Do we shut down everything right away again to make sure it never enters into mm. us? And then what is the reason why we're shutting down? Is it really that we're scared of the coronavirus or are we scared of lawsuits? Mm, and I put that in good. my Facebook post because I think we are a country right now in first world context that are driven by fear of lawsuits. Mm. And and we're not necessarily being driven by fear of the coronavirus. It's, well, if someone comes into my place and they get the virus, then they could sue me. 
right? They could they could sue me for a million dollars if they get on my cruise ship or they get this or they get that. And and I just don't know where it stops. Like right now it's the coronavirus, but we are setting a new precedence for how we operate in a first world context with disease. Oh yeah. And it could get oh, yeah. it could get dangerous and scary real fast because they're like, well, everybody's online. Let's just all move everything online. Well, I don't think that's God's word. No. For a for a long period of time at least. Right, right. And I mean this this calls us as as believers and even as non believers to sure, okay, maybe we can spend some time FaceTiming, um, getting in touch with that, phone calls, but Apart from that, this calls for creativity, mm-hmm. being creative in how we can be personal, how we can be um, be meeting and growing and discipling one another, pouring into one another, um, given that all this is happening. And so yeah. I, and so I think whether that whether that is like grabbing a coffee, may, God forbid we make our own coffee in our houses instead of spend six dollars every every day you know twice a day on coffee um, but like doing stuff and I'm not, I'm not to sure step Sam, out of our norms if it's even necessarily an, an idea of creativity as it is a is an idea of biblical discipleship well yes biblical discipleship is one-on-one discipleship mm-hmm well, if I'm doing one-on-one discipleship, quite frankly, I fall under the guidelines of all the CDC rules. I'm respecting authority. Um, matter of fact, I could disciple up to nine people at one time, right? The recommendation is don't group, gather in a group bigger than 10. And for us yeah. to think about that, you know, one of the things we're trying to do as a student ministry right now is how do I mobilize my 50 small group leaders to each disciple two or three students during this series, mm. during the season, excuse me. And we, we think so much of ministry as, well, we gather in a big group. That's mm. not actually how Jesus necessarily did ministry. There are times that he gathered big groups, but he was pouring into his 12. Right. And I think as Christians, we need to say, okay, who can I disciple under the guidelines that have been in place by our government and really be purposeful in those discipleship relationships? Right. And well, we get that, that scare. I think that scares us in the United States. And I guess, bit. I guess, what I mean, Jake, by creativity is like so many of us are are stuck on this one thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, okay, I guess I got to stay home. I guess I got to rely on rely on technology. And there's not really a let's think for myself. <laughs> let's come up with some other ways that are you know pretty obvious how we can just meet together yeah. and be with one another. But for some people, that calls for being creative. Yeah. And stepping out of the the norms of of you know computers, laptops, phones, and and technology, which is a great tool, and it and I'm very thankful for it, but it's nothing like being face to face, one on one. It's not, and it, and it's really a contradictory statement that we're sending out, right? Because prior to the coronavirus, the the number one thing that you would see on news articles and stories is how dangerous all this technology is and how it isolates Mm. people and the mental health impact it's having on our communities and on our youth and on the next generation and everything was technology is evil 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 now it's like oh technology is the greatest thing ever you know get away from people isolate yourself stay in your home social distance yourself and just rely on technology well it can't be both Right, it either is going to have harmful secondary consequences or it's good. And which one is it? And I so I just think there's a lot of secondary consequences that we've talked about a lot that that I think need to be thought through as we wrestle as Christians through this coronavirus. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So just kind of like 
we've been kind of on a little bit of a dark page for a little while, and we've been kind of just kind of wrestling through some of these difficulties. But I just want to bring to light some of the cool and good reactions to what's been going on. I don't know if you saw, Jake, but there was um, the group of people who have been in quarantine or in hospitals or and stuff like that um, in Italy who have reacted um, in in good ways. And there was there was the one gathering. Oh, I can't remember what it is. I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up right now. But um, where a lot of these people who were um, locked up um, started singing together out their windows mm-hmm. to one another, like the two buildings. I don't know if you saw that that uh, news. They were they were singing some some hymn or yeah. some worship song. I can't remember what it was. Do you remember what that was, Jake? I don't. I saw I saw the video though of it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if you guys are aware, these these. Um, People in Italy who have been quarantined um, responded in worship to, well, not only just lift their spirits, but also just admit God is in control. Mm-hmm. We believe that I mean, God is, is in control. God has God has placed these things um, for in our lives for a reason and to forward the movement of His gospel and His yeah. good news in some way, shape, or form. Maybe we don't see it right now, right this second. Yeah. happening but he is doing it for a purpose um and i think a lot of us we kind of we because we are finite beings i'm gonna i'm gonna refer over to um same team podcast with uh danny fried and matt velasco they were talking about um their buzzwords episode they were talking about uh, predestination mm-hmm. and how we think about things in we don't understand these buzzwords because of our finite reality. Yeah. We have a beginning and we have an end. So our mindset and our thinking is finite. Mm-hmm. We only have a knowledge of whatever we are around to see. Yeah. But God is an infinite being and it talks about how God has no beginning, he has no end. He is the alpha and the omega like in the beginning there was the word. Yeah. And the word yeah. was with God. And so like <clears throat> he has the infinite knowledge more than we can understand. Well, and he has a, he has and, a good plan in it all, without question. And so to respond in worship mm-hmm. is such a cool thing to do. To, yes, to respond in worship, but I would say to respond in witness. Yes. Even more. What, what you're yep. doing is you're, you're witnessing that he is sovereign over this all. And, and that good comes from the bad and good can come from suffering and good can come from all of this. You know, I've been loving Luke. I've been sitting on Luke 21, 13 a lot lately. And, and Jesus is talking about, right? Like the end to come and what we can expect as a nation and a church and in the last days. But in Luke 21, 13, it says, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. And I think for us in the United States, we don't get opportunities like this a lot. Yeah. And all over the world, you go into in where there is real persecution and there is real suffering and there are real challenges. And, and you have to really wrestle through, like, the government said we can't meet as a church, so we're going to meet at 2 in the morning as an underground church to mm-hmm. worship and to pray. We don't have to wrestle through that kind of stuff. Right. Well, now we have a government telling us what we can do, what we can't do. Churches, church buildings are shutting down. And there's a lot of tension and wrestling. And right. this is an incredible opportunity for Christ followers in a first world context to bear witness for right. Christ. And where we see the trials, where we see the personal suffering, where we see this difficulty, 
we also see people who are longing for genuine community, longing for truth, and desiring to know who God is and why mm-hmm. he does the, the things the way he does things. We as Christians should, if we know the creator and we know Jesus, we have Jesus living in our hearts, we have the answer to these things. We, we do we, have it, yeah. We, we have, have the good news. The gospel is the good news. Yeah, it is, it is the good news. And, and, and what happens is I think when we feel vulnerable as a people— most people deny the realities of who Jesus is and the realities of a one true God because they want to be in control. And either financially or work ethic or over whatever that thing is that they feel they have control over. And what happens in situations like this or in times of persecution even is you realize quickly you're not in control mm. and that you are vulnerable. And in your vulnerability, it drives you to the, to the foot of the cross. Yeah. And and I think as Christians, we have a responsibility to point people to the foot of the cross in the midst of their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And like, just to kind of go off a little bit of what you said, Jake, about um, people long to have control mm-hmm. and that and that is why this is being taken so seriously. Um, kind of when we were talking about uh, nuclear warfare and like, and all that kind of stuff, like people, people knew that you know, being hit by a nuclear bomb, it it, it could happen. Probably would, but I mean, they didn't shut down. They didn't shut down all their businesses. They didn't shut down restaurants. They didn't, you know, stop gathering, stop going to school, and all this kind of stuff because they knew that if a that if a nuclear bomb hit their city, they were done. You know, and and it was kind of out of their control. But especially with something like this, we have been you know given things that we can do to kind of quote unquote control the situation, yeah. and so we're like. I need all the control that I can get. And that's why we see all this thing with like the toilet paper, give, yeah. like like hoarding the toilet paper because I'm the one in control. And it's kind of like this whole we, interesting. We think we have control. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we try to grasp for control. And 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 the reality is we're not yeah. in control. No. And, and I'm, you know, not to go against, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a public health person. But if God is in control of all of this, mm. no matter what we do, doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Right, like whether we quarantine ourselves, we go self-isolation, like God is going to do what God wants to do. And for, I think, our country, he is trying to shake us awake. Like you have removed the gospel from schools. You have removed prayer and the gospel from our government. You have constantly turned your back on me as a nation. Wake up. And I think it's in our vulnerability that God is going to say, wake up. And and I don't want to over-spiritualize a virus, but there is no greater persecution going on right now in the world amongst Christians than maybe Iran and China, two of the places that are being hardest hit for it. Yeah. And um and and really where it you know, so and I think for it to come to our nation, and, and I've I've quite frankly been entertained how it's primarily missed Africa up to this point. Um, just God's hand mm. of protection at, at this time over the continent of Africa through yeah. through the coronavirus, but it should shake our nation awake. Like you can continue yep. to re- try to remove Jesus from everything, but He's still in control. And I, I just pray that through this, that Christians will rise up and use it as an opportunity to bear witness in the time that our country is maybe more vulnerable than it has ever been. Yeah, that's really cool. 
That's really cool to think about. And I'm even just kind of looking at a general list of things that have been talked about in the Bible to happen as the end times come forward. And we're talking about um, things like war on large scale, famine that will happen. Like we're seeing like little bits and pieces of that. Not, I mean, not really, but like, you know, where shelves are empty, mm-hmm. you know, restaurants are kind of closing down, et cetera, that kind of stuff. Um, epidemics, right? I don't think I need to go too deep into that one. Um, you know, crime, running of the earth by by mankind. We see we see more and more rules yeah. and stuff being put in place. And like you said, the persecution of Christians in Iran and China, and now what's been happening now. Um, one of the biggest things that I see here that m- many may not look at is the breakdown of the family mm-hmm. with people who have no natural affection and children who are disobedient to parents. <laughs> now, not everybody has a perfect family. Not everybody has both a mother and a father. Not everybody even has, like, a parental guardian. But for those that do, for those who are stuck at home, who are not going to school, who cannot go to work because maybe they work at a restaurant yeah. or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, this is our opportunity to rise up and come together also as families. Absolutely. And it's been it's been awesome in my own home. I've actually wrestled through the last couple nights like, do I want everything to return to normal? Mm. I've watched, so the last three nights, we watched Mowgli. I watched The Upside. We watched Jumanji as a family, like sat down as an entire family. We've right. been eating dinner together every night. I can't remember the last time that there were three days in a row that we were together as a family for dinner to watch a movie, to the conversations we're having in our house, the way my kids are playing together. I'm like, I'm looking around and saying, like, this might not be all bad. Right. The craziness of running from basketball tournament to basketball tournament, sporting event to sporting event, ministry mm. thing to ministry thing, and it just stopped us. And I'm I'm trying to embrace this season. Like, I'm going to try to find as much joy as I can in the next six to eight 10 weeks, however long this thing lasts. Seriously. And, like, so my family, we've been um, just getting together and having, like, family worship, family prayer. I can't remember the last time where for the last three days, which this has happened by the grace of God, but where the last three days, three days in a row, we've gotten together and just had a time of worship together as a family. Worship and prayer and how that, like, brings together the family, unites the vision, um, you know, turning turning heart, uh, hearts of sons to their fathers again. Fathers yeah. will turn their hearts back to their sons again and their children. And it's and that's biblical. That's it such is. a cool thing that's it happening, is. and it's all it, the, by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God, and it's a, it's um, something that we can't miss in the season. Because I was thinking last night, I wanted to throw all my kids out of the house uh, for about an hour. Mm-hmm. They're just messing with each other and wrestling. One was walking a balance beam on the top of our couch, Another one's trying to throw a football yeah. into the fire um, to our fireplace. Jacoby. And yes, Jacoby. <laughs> and you know, I started thinking like when my wife and I are old and we're sitting around, like, we'll remember this season forever. Like we'll, we'll as a family, like we'll laugh and 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 mm. have joy about this season. And and just the time that we're getting to spend together now that yeah. everything else, all the idols in our life, quite frankly, have been removed. Right. It's really quite a beautiful thing. 
It is. And it God, is. God works out the in in the mess. God's always working out the beauty, right? And it says eight, Romans eight twenty eight. God works out the good in all things for those who love Him, and you can find the good even in this craziness. Yeah. So like we can just take this time. I like to kind of for the past few days, I've just been kind of sitting back and thinking like almost in like a selfish way, but not really just kind of like, Oh man, now I can be like 70 years old and being like, ah, I remember back in the year of 2020, (laughs) you know, all all the way back then when, you know, coronavirus went, went worldwide and, you know, we were forced to stay in our homes and spend times with our families and all that it kind is, of stuff. It, and I've been thinking, like, I haven't gotten up before 8 a.m. I'm like, I kind of like this, right? Like, I roll in the office <laughs> at 9. I, I get out of bed. I think I set my alarm for 8.20 this morning. Uh, went to bed at a little after midnight, right? Like, right. Like, I could get used to this. I kind of live in, like, a college student with a wife and six kids. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoying it. Right, Yeah. It'll, it'll be fun. There'll be, there'll be stories to tell. But in it all, in it all, right, even finding the gifts, right, I think that's a that's something that can bear witness. Yeah, there we go. In the midst of this opportunity, like, can we find the gifts in this season? Yeah. And can we completely live in them? We know, like, the economic impact that it's going to have on everybody and, mm. and the things that are being taken and the things that are being removed. And even some people may experience death or serious sickness through the season. Can we find the gifts? And as we find the gifts, we find joy. And as we find joy, we ultimately bear witness of who Christ is in our life. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Find the gifts, everyone. Seriously. Like, this is such a cool opportunity that we have. Let's take advantage of it. And, like, one other thing. Cover your cough. Please, please don't don't purposefully cough on each other. Stop buying all the toilet paper and ground beef. I need seriously. Some for my, house. my house is like out of cheese. <laughs> we will do this again next week. Love you Praying guys. For you guys. Bye.